What's going on, everybody? It's Jeremy, and I am finally back. Let me be the last to say Happy New Year to you. <laughs> Welcome to 2021. Happy, very happy belated New Year's to you. Today is February 4th, 2021, and this is episode number 21 of How to Survive in a Family Business Without Losing Your Mind. Uh, it has been a couple of months since I put out an episode since my wife and I welcomed our firstborn son, Evan, into the world on November 12, 2020. It's been quite a wild ride, and uh, I know it will continue to be, but I've been enjoying it. I also have, you know, run out of a lot of time to work on this podcast, and although I do plan to continue it, I think I'll just probably do a little bit less editing, so it'll be more of a raw interview with some more ums and ahs and that sort of thing going forward just to shorten the production time and I can hopefully get onto a more consistent schedule. Anyway, all that being said, I do have an interview that I did uh, towards the end of December, which was a lot of fun for me. I, I caught up with Josh Adler, who I uh, used to play baseball with in Little League and I went to high school with. His dad owned Four Star Cleaning and Restoration, and Josh has basically been in the business since... He was four years old in some capacity. Uh, And in 2012, he started out on his own when his dad retired. So we talk about his journey from being a little kid working with his dad to now owning his own business. And so without further ado, here's my interview with Josh Adler. What's going on, man? How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good, man. Long time no see. Yeah, I know, man. It's been a while since the baseball days. Since, yeah, since what <laughs> I was thinking. Yeah. So how did you start doing this? I started off just kind of riffing about working with my working for my parents, working with my parents. And the first, that's the first few episodes are just me kind of talking. That's it by myself. And then, it, and then I kind of fell off doing it last year when... I just didn't really have the much much time to put into it and I didn't have much more to say. <laughs> and then somebody somebody was asking like I started thinking about it and I I I had thought about doing interviews at one point cuz I was like, you know, there's a lot of people that work in similar or some kind of situation like this. And so I started I just started to interview people at the beginning of uh COVID and I was like, well, now I have all this extra fucking time. Why don't I start my podcast back up and I just start interviewing people and that's kind of what I've been doing. That's cool, man. No, that's awesome. I know a lot of people that are doing podcasts now, and <laughs> it's good information. Coming up with what to say, you know, is a different story. So, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's why, I, you know, I've had people tell me I should do one, and I'm like, what, what, I don't got anything to say. And they're like, no, carpet cleaning, it's very satisfying. And I'm like, I don't know. I've been doing it my whole life. So maybe it's not as entertaining to me, but um, <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. It's like this. This isn't as entertaining to me when people think this is the trophies are the coolest thing in the world and i'm like eh, you know like if i'd win something back in yeah i guess late high school if i won something I'd be like cool i i, I make these i know how this thing's made and all that <laughs> shit. Like, whatever who cares i'll make my own yeah. yeah yeah i get that so we'll get into it how did you get yeah. started with with your dad man so um you know kind of like any family-run business you know i have pictures when mm-hmm. i was you know, four or five cleaning the couch. that's still in my house to this day. And, uh, you know, I started doing, uh, stuff at house, you know, at the house with my dad when, you know, he would clean things. And, 
Um, when I wanted to make money, you have me sweep the parking lot and the gutters. And when I was old enough, I think uh, 14 is when I started doing, you know, a little more serious work. It was uh, mm -hmm. winter breaks, summer breaks, <laughs> any time that, you know, I had for, for vacation that wasn't really vacation time, I would go into work and kind of learn the family business. He taught me how to, I, I had no clue what I was doing at the time, but he gave me a stack of receipts yeah. and had me total them all up and section them out. And mm -hmm. he was, I was doing an expense report mm -hmm. at 12. Um, and wow. I had no clue what it was for, yeah. um, but you know, he was having me total up his receipts. So he got some reimbursements on, mm -hmm. you know, food expenses or whatever it may be. And, you know, 14 summer, I, I got to work with his lead tech and the guy's name is, is George Tanner. And I don't know if I would still be doing what I was doing to this day if I didn't get to work with him. My dad was already out of the field by then as far as, you know, cleaning wise, he was the business owner. And at that point had, you know, 40, 50 employees. And this was his lead carpet cleaning technician. So I started off as a helper, mm -hmm. uh, rolling out of bed, sleeping on the way to the first job. Um, and when we got to the door, you know, the show's on. And mm -hmm. I got to learn slowly and I didn't have a driver's license. And there was times when jobs needed to be done and he would have somebody pick me up, take me to the job and drive me home because I knew how to clean. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at some point there was a, a switch where I went from helper to crew chief. Um, you know, George eventually left the company and um, I kind of took his position as one of the crew chiefs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my dad owned a, a, a restoration company. So water damage, fire damage, mold re remediation, construction, and then asbestos abatement at one point. And he was also the division manager for carpet cleaning. And as you know, whatever you pay attention to, you know, works. And if you don't, it doesn't. Yeah. And he was paying attention more to the the bigger profit centers. The, the restoration is a, a big profit compared to carpet cleaning, but it was his first love. So he liked it and he kept mm -hmm. it around. Well, he couldn't get around to answering customer calls and, you know, all sorts of inquiries would come in and eventually the, the customer service reps up front would call me and say, Josh, can you, can you answer their questions? Your, your dad's not around or he's not available. And I go, mm -hmm. sure, no problem. And, you know, eventually my dad got wind of it and he said, Hey, Josh, uh, instead of going home at two o'clock and going by the pool and, you know, drinking beers with your friends, you're going to be the division manager. Now here's what your pay is. And you're here till five. <laughs> so I kind of backed my way into a, a manager position, not realizing you know, kind of what was happening, what I was doing, but I've always, you know, really enjoyed the the business end of things. And, you know, when you have 65 employees, you don't get to learn everything. So, you know, slowly it progressed. And eventually in 2012 is when my father chose to retire. And mm -hmm. it was for various reasons. My mom had some health issues going on and he was losing the passion for it and kind of a sticky situation. His, his uh, business partner, and him got an ugly split five years previous. Mm. And my attorney, when, you know, I went to go kind of do my own thing said, you know, Josh, if you don't change your name, you're going to lose 49%. He can come and ask you for that percentage. So that's when I rebranded my company in 2012. And if you notice the, the legacy logo yeah. legacy, uh, continuing the family legacy, mm -hmm. and then four star was in there. And that was the name of my father's company. So oh, I see. Okay. That's what I was a lot ask of you what's the name of it, it was four star. Yeah. Four, four star, star cleaning and restoration. Okay. Um, so it was kind of a cool thing. And to be honest with you, I, I wouldn't have looking back. It, it was the best decision. I'm a lot happier. Now you're, you're in control of your own destiny. Yeah. I got to build a company from the ground up, but I also got, a head start. You know, I don't want to 
I, I got to learn with somebody else's money and yeah. I made some, some mistakes sure. and I did some good things. And I'm not going to say I'm not going to make any more mistakes because I'm human and I, and yeah. I do. Everyone's um, going to at all times. Yeah. 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 And, just figuring it out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but it's a lot harder to pull the wool over my eyes at this point. It, mm-hmm. it wasn't like I started in 2012. I've been doing this for a long time and it gave me a little bit of a, an upper hand where I had a customer list. His business was based out of Fremont and I'm in Dublin. So I wasn't going to let go of those customers while I was building where I'm at. Right. And I still have a lot of those people around. And a lot of times it's a, it's a hug, not a handshake when that, uh, when that's allowed. Um, now you yeah. can't even give a handshake, yeah. you know, you yeah. got these air, fist you know, bump fist pumps and, and elbow elbows. Bumps yeah. And, yeah. So it, it's, <laughs> it's been a cool ride. This is my, you know, eighth year and uh, I'm growing every year. So um, n- next step is uh, I hired a business coach and um, coming up with a plan to, you know, get off a truck and um, get some employees because you know, at 35, my body's not going to take this forever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as you, you were talking about earlier, you know, getting married and, you know, plans to have kids, you got to start building a bigger business because I'm only one injury away from um, not having a good time, basically. Yeah. Um, how many do you have anybody there now or is it just you by yourself? No, no, it's just me. I'm a one man show. So I, I got to learn a lot. Like I was telling you, at my dad's company he mm-hmm. had a division for everything. And mm-hmm. when I went and started my own, I didn't know how to do accounting. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to do all the other facets of the business. I knew how to run a carpet cleaning business, but when it came to the other things, I wasn't experienced in that. So it's kind of cool. I got to take everything back in, get back on a truck, see my customers, but also learn how to do things that I didn't know how to do. Mm-hmm. And then I've hired people to do the stuff that I'm not really passionate about. You know, the first thing I probably hired was a bookkeeper, just not interested in doing that. I can do it, but it takes me too much time. I'd rather be out generating income. Yeah. So now the next, you know, step to that is, hey, I, I'm a good carpet cleaner, but I'm also, you know, a better business owner than I'm a cleaner and I could train somebody how to clean. So mm-hmm. getting off a truck, getting some guys out there, making it uh, more of owning a business rather than a job is important. Yeah. So your fiance ever come help you out or is it just you, just <laughs> always you all the time? No, she's come and help me. Large commercial jobs. I have. I think a picture from every job, I have to go get her coffee in the morning, <laughs> make sure she has breakfast. Uh, mm-hmm. And at about 12 o'clock is when she's ready to call it quits. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have some pictures. It's pretty funny of her laying down in her office or, um, you know, sitting down on the curb or <laughs> yeah, she's been a, a very big help, but she would rather see me grow and have right. employees. She actually really enjoys the the admin part. So I've taken her to a couple different classes, more of a the business end, not the technical end. Mm-hmm. And just to kind of see where she, you know, fits in and what she likes, you know, she's volunteered to write thank you cards for me or, you know, do some stuff like, you know, drop off certain things that got to go to the, you know, mailbox or whatever it may be. So yeah, it's a, it's a family run company, uh, just a different generation now. And my mm-hmm. dad's, you know, still around and I still ask him questions, but you know, when I cleaned his carpets, he said, where did you learn all this stuff? And I go, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, this is different than what we used to do. Yeah. And I said, yeah, you know, things adapt and, and, and you progress and it's so different compared to what he was doing when, you know, he was my age and even younger technology's come a long way. And he goes, you know, you got to explain this to customers because what you do is a, you're at a higher level of cleaning than a lot of the guys around. And Mm -hmm. you got to, you got to make sure your customers know that. Do you ever, anybody else, does anybody else ever help you out? I mean, the one thing, the thing about being a, a one man show like that is 
it's it's not easy because you have a ton of shit i know and i'm not even by myself you know my dad's still here working with me and i have we have a couple of employees that come in so i know like just myself that i have to delegate shit all the time even when we're not like busy per se like right Mm -hmm. now we're not we're not that busy we don't have much coming in nobody's coming in the door we have you know since covid hit we've been really really slow but we're we're hanging in there but i mean even when we're we're slow we're not i'm not really slow. there's still a million things that i can be doing there's you know the bookkeeping there's cleaning up in the back organizing all sorts of different stuff that even if i don't have money coming in i still i know i have to be working on or i need to have somebody else working on so i understand that part that i know so you, you need help at some points other than hiring a bookkeeper do you have anyone else that you, you go to for, for certain things besides your fiance? I mean, everyone's got their team, right? So, yeah. um, you know, my dad said he wasn't going to give me his blessing to, to leave unless I kept his attorney and his CPA. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I have outside help. Yeah. Um, as far as, you know, actual physical, 99.9% of it's done by me. Yeah. If I have a large commercial job, um, you know, my fiance has a really large family and there's, there's a lot of cousins that, you know, have helped me on larger yeah. jobs. Um, and that's kind of a cool thing where, um, you know, my family's all in Detroit. I didn't grow up around cousins and uh, yeah. my sister had, she wanted nothing to do with carpet cleaning. Sure. So yeah, you know, from time to time on larger commercial jobs, I'll have a helper, but 99% of my work I can do myself. And cool. n- now it's to the point where, I'll start with hiring a helper, let them, you know, kind of ride with me for a little while and then bump up the marketing and, you know, have a truck and a half where, you know, sometimes he's with me, sometimes he's on his own, have him, you know, take the Saturdays so I don't have to work Saturdays anymore, you know, do the the night work, stuff like that. You know, there's a, there's a day route, but you could also do night work where commercial accounts have to be done when commercial accounts, you know, are around mm-hmm. after hours. Yeah. Uh, right now it's a little different of a story. Commercials shut off a bit because everyone's working from home. Yeah. Um, still around, just not as much of it. You can't actively go look for it as much mm-hmm. um, as, you know, pre-COVID. So yeah. you're just adapting and, and working it out as you go. You try, you got to figure out how to survive it, As you know, it's not easy in 2020. If you can make it through this year. I think you could make it through anything. Probably. Yeah. I mean, at least I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully everything opens up here pretty soon. Let's go back to when, when you used to work with, with your dad, what was the least, your least favorite thing or think something that you didn't like or something you hated about when you worked <laughs> with your dad? Um, at his company, you know, restoration is a very reactive business. Mm-hmm. Water damages typically happen at three o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. not three o'clock in the afternoon. Uh-huh. And if it is three o'clock in the afternoon, it's a Friday when you have plans <laughs> and you know, you're on call 24 hours, seven days a week, mm-hmm. every other week. And, you know, from, I mean, I was 19 to 27. Mm-hmm. That's when you want to be out having fun. Yeah. And going out to the bars and shit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you did that, you couldn't have a drink or, you know, if you mm-hmm. go to the movies, you got to take a separate car and it, yeah. it you know, that, that's not, I'm a very proactive planning person mm-hmm. and that just doesn't work for me. Now the money, the profits are, are very tempting, but you know, you kind of sell your soul a little bit yeah. because you, you gotta, you have to answer the phone and the response times were 60 to 90 minutes. So, um, wow. the thing that I, yeah, there's a two part to that. 
yeah, the, the on-call stuff, that, that wasn't fun. But sometimes being the owner's son, as you probably know, isn't the most fun either. Um, <laughs> right. You know, you got to do 200% of the work to get 100% of the credit. <laughs> and somebody is still going to complain about it at the end it's of the day. Correct. So, yeah. um, you know, you kind of learn how to get a tougher skin. <laughs> and just as much as, you know, being able to learn business at a young age is such a morale booster. Mm -hmm. You know, can it, it could also take your self-esteem down too if you let people get to you. So I've learned at the end of the day, you do the best you can. And who cares what somebody has to say about you? Because I'm doing the same work now as I was doing at my dad's company and I'm fine. I'm doing okay. You know, and everyone's successful in a different way. But yeah, being the owner's son, that's not always the easiest thing. There's pros and cons to everything. One of those was... You know, you got to take the brunt of, you know, you're never doing enough to make everybody happy. Right. <laughs> right. And, right. and then you learn in the end when you're old enough, you're never going to make anybody happy, everybody happy. That's correct. And stop trying. So, yeah. yeah. You're just going to drive yourself insane trying to make everybody happy. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough when you're younger. As you get older, you figure that out. Yeah. In, yeah. in more than one aspect of your life, I'm sure. What was your favorite thing about working with your dad? You know, just kind of learning the business from somebody who grew up and I mean, he, he cleaned when he was 18 years old and, you know, going to estimates with my dad where you, you kind of see almost, you know, when you, when you start at the company, you're the low man on the totem pole and there's so many people to ask questions to. And then you look back and you're like, whoa, where is everybody? You're that, you're that guy. And that, that's kind of a cool thing where I got to learn from him slowly over time. And when you're training somebody, you know, you, you got to get them in the field and they got to be producing. That that wasn't the case with me. I got to learn something slowly and it's something that's provided for my family my whole life. So it, it's pretty cool to be able to say, you know, I've had small jobs. I worked at, you know, a pizza place or Cragen, you know, mm -hmm. when I was younger. Mm -hmm. um, but as an adult, this is the only thing I've ever done. And that story, people really like. Mm -hmm. And you, you almost have a deeper appreciation for, you know, the, the, the late nights you worked and um, the early mornings and, the, you know, the stress that it caused um, mm -hmm. because it was really cool getting to, to have those days where you just went on estimates with your dad or you got to, to go eat lunch with him when, you know, typically he was at work and yeah. that, that wouldn't be possible if I wasn't in the business. Yeah. I also got to know him better than, you know, my sister probably does and probably my mom at this point yeah. where... I mean, I, I saw the stuff that went on there and I have an understanding that the rest of the family's not going to have it. It created a kind of a different bond. Cool. Yeah. If you go back to when you started, what kind of advice would you give yourself to make it easier on you when it was uh, maybe more of a difficult time for you in dealing with working with your dad? And then what kind of advice would you give yourself when you're, if you go back to 2012, when you, uh, when you just, when you started out on your own? Huh. Um, well, as far as the advice I would give my younger self, don't sweat the small stuff and enjoy yourself because you only get to enjoy their stages in life, right? And their stages yeah. in your professional life. And each stage has its own good parts and bad parts. Mm -hmm. And everyone's always rushing to get to the next part. Uh, because yeah. you want more success, but more, you know, more money, more problems type thing. <laughs> it's kind of like, yeah, now that I'm in business, I, 
you know, hundred dollars used to be tough to spend. And now that you're in business, now it's a thousand dollars. It's tougher to spend. Yeah. And when you start That's making right. more money, it's $10,000 mm-hmm. and each level, it's just a different zero added to the end. Mm-hmm. And they all have good ends and bad ends. And, and what I would tell myself is don't rush to get to the next step, enjoy it, but you know, understand that growth is going to happen too. And change is inevitable. So yeah. get used to change because nothing ever stays exactly the same. And that's kind of goes along with 2012 is I, I don't think I would change anything, to be honest with you. I, I was always a hard worker. Um, the first thing that came to mind when I started on my own in my head was, am I going to be able to get up in the morning and go to work if no one's telling me where I have to be? And mm-hmm. I learned really quickly that wasn't a problem for me. But that's I also good. learned... Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you learn some good stuff and bad stuff from your parents. Right. And, mm-hmm. uh, my father was late everywhere, <laughs> drove me crazy. Mm-hmm. So I'm late. I'm late nowhere. You'll I'll, I'll be 15 minutes early. Mm-hmm. I was 15 minutes early on this phone call just because I don't like, I respect people's time yeah. and I don't like making people wait. And that's just one of his things that he didn't have good time management. My time management is really, really good. And, I mean, that's, that's what you have to do is learn from not only the good things your parents teach you, but you know, some of the negatives you can make a positive in different ways. Yeah. 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 How do you, how do you manage your time that well then? Cause I mean, just like anyone else, time management is a very, very big thing because you're right. A lot of people, it's not necessarily disrespectful. I mean, it is, but a lot of people don't see it that way and they don't realize it or that they do it and they end up there, they're 10 minutes late all the time or 20 minutes late. And it's not that big of a deal. Cause it's only, I'm only 20 minutes late. Well, but somebody else is waiting there for you or, you know, or whatever. How have you managed to, to turn that around to, to go from, you know, I guess if you're, if your dad was late all the time, how did you manage to turn that around in your own head to make it so that you're on time and on early all the time? Well, I mean, in my line of work, I give windows. So there's a, you know, a a two hour window for me to arrive there Mm -hmm. and you get an early start. And, you know, when you've been doing this long enough, you you can kind of, when somebody's telling you over the phone, what they want cleaned, what they want done, Mm -hmm. you have an idea of what that's going to take as far as timing goes. And I'm not going to lie to you and say, I'm never late. It happens. But I always call people before that happens. Mm -hmm. I apologize. Mm -hmm. I ask them if it's okay if I come a little later. Mm -hmm. And if not, I offer them another appointment time that's more convenient for them. And, you know, at the end of the day, just be respectful of somebody. Mm -hmm. I don't show up late with them not knowing. That's just that that is, you know, disrespectful to me. Stuff happens. We're we're in the Bay Area and, you know, even in a pandemic, traffic's terrible. Yeah. And (laughs) it's inevitable. Yeah, it's inevitable. You're going to, you know, eventually have it happen to you. But Mm -hmm. I typically give myself a buffer time where um, I'm not I don't like rushing. So. I'll give myself a window and that window for whatever reason in my head is always 15 minutes early and it gives me 15 minutes to relax that now that doesn't mean you have to be, you know, if I, if you tell me five o'clock, I'm not going to expect you to be there at four 45, yeah. Jeremy. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't want to push my earliness on somebody else. Sure. Um, but it gives me a chance when I go to the gym in the morning, I'm there in the parking lot, 15 minutes early. I'm checking my emails. I'm drinking the rest of my coffee and I'm getting, ready and then you see the people just blast in there five minutes late rushing i don't like that feeling so Mm -hmm. i just give myself enough time and if that makes my day a little less profitable that's fine i would rather have a little less profit but some sanity 
you know, you got to have that work-life balance a little bit. Yeah, so. sure. All right. I got one more question for you. Sure. And I, I know how much you like baseball. So I got to know what is your take on all the rules, the rule changes they're making in baseball now, um, major league baseball. You know, I, <laughs> baseball is dying and just like I told you, changing it is inevitable and it's always going to happen. Well, baseball didn't get that memo. That's and true. that's why it's a dying sport because they will not change. And, you know, some of the things that they're, they're going to do are, are not going to work, but mm-hmm. some will. And, you know, as far as, you know, cutting off the mound appearances and it's not cutting off much time, which is yeah. what they're trying to do. Um, you know, the designated hitter thing where it's, you know, in both leagues, that was probably a smart decision because pitchers aren't very entertaining and people want entertainment. So, well, they, um, they said that that's, that was only last, that was only for this year. They're, it's going to go back to two leagues again next year. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Um, if we have a real you know season next year, they might say, well, we have to have, you know, another yeah kind of weird true. season. So um, I, I'm all up for, for change. I'm not one of those traditionalists that it's got to be kept exactly the same um, because if that happens, our, our kids won't see baseball. It it, all, it's, yeah. It's not going to be around. It's just, I love baseball and it's really boring for me to watch on TV. I really like going to games um, because of the atmosphere, but to watch a full game on TV nowadays, it's just not realistic. And kids now, you know, want that instant gratification. Mm -hmm. It's the opposite of instant gratification. You got to, you know, watch a guy pitch into eight innings and now they're, (laughs) now they're pulling guys in the fourth inning and having, you know, six other pitchers and before the last game. So it's adapting whether baseball likes it or not. And, if they don't, they'll die. Yeah. And that, that would be a sad thing to see. Yeah, it would. All right, Josh. Well, thank you very much for uh, taking some time out of your day. I really appreciate it to thank you for jumping on here with me. Uh, Absolutely. Give me a couple minutes to, uh, if you want to promote your business or if you just have anything you want to say to whoever's going to listen to it. I don't know who's going to listen. Could be yeah, man. four people. You never know. This could, we could be looking at this in 20 years saying this is what made us rich and famous. That's right. So, it could be. Uh, I hope so. I hope that's you know, what it is. The carpet cleaner and the trophy guy. You never that's know right. what could happen. Sure. So legacy carpet and upholstery cleaning uh, does both residential and commercial carpet upholstery area rug and tile and grout cleaning. Um, during the pandemic, everyone's you know thing is you know learn a new skill, right? So we've been focusing on any kind of surfaces out there that need to be cleaned. So hardwood floors is one thing that we're getting into. Uh, natural stone honing and polishing. We're, we're also going to focus on building more of the commercial side of the business. Right now, we're about a 70-30 split residential to commercial mm-hmm. and just working on a little more balance. Um, so when stuff like this happens, you have another leg to fall on. It's been it, it's went both ways during the pandemic where commercial and residential has each shut off at different times. Yeah. And having a, a you know, as balanced as you can is helpful. So mm-hmm. those are the things that we're doing. But any textiles we can clean. I'm a master textile cleaner. So if there's a degree in carpet cleaning, I'd have it by now. <laughs> and you just kind of do very good quality work. You're personable. And uh, right now you get the owner on every job. So it's kind of a cool thing. Thanks. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you again for taking some time, bud. No problem, man. It was nice catching up with you, and I hope to see you on the baseball field soon. Yeah, I know. Me too.
<laughs> cool, man. <laughs> or at least softball. Yeah, right? All right, brother. I'll talk All right, you man. Have Thanks. a good night. You too. All right, that is going to be it for today. Thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed it, I would really appreciate it if you could subscribe and or share the podcast with somebody else that might get some value out of it. I'd like to thank Josh once again for taking some time to let me interview him. As always, I'm looking for more good guests to have on the podcast. So if you or somebody you know is interested in being interviewed or if you have any constructive feedback, please hit me up on Anchor. DM me on Twitter at JMF Rosenblatt, on Instagram at The Real Jeremy Rosenblatt, or you can find me on Facebook or LinkedIn. Thanks again for listening. I'll be back in a couple of weeks with an interview from April Duarte.